How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back. It's Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. We want to get out to the phones. MGM National Harbor Lister Lines. Wide open, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. We've gone through a bunch of different numbers here in the first hour and a half of the program. Question is pretty simple. What is your level of concern with the amount of sacks that Sam Howell is taking? And do you think that the sack problem is holding this offense back? And I'll be honest with you. I do think that Sam Howell's sacks are holding this offense back. They are amongst the worst teams in the National Football League on third down. Why? Because they're constantly taking sacks on first and second down, putting themselves into these ridiculous third and long situations. And then when you look at you look at the totality of the situation, he's on pace to be the most sacked quarterback ever, ladies and gentlemen. But individually speaking, he's 16th in the NFL in the QBR. He's top 10 in the National Football League in touchdown passes thrown. He's top 12 in the NFL in total yards. I mean, when you look at the numbers that Hal has to this point, it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Imagine what they would be if we didn't have this sack problem. And I want to look at the team stats here for a second because I think that is what really tells the story. Washington is 10th in the NFL in passing attempts per game, ladies and gentlemen. This is a group. This is a group that throws the football a lot. So for the offensive line to be holding up as well as they are, I'm impressed by it. But the thing that has me wondering is they've jumped nine spots in points per game. They've jumped 11 spots in red zone attempts per game. And that's with all these sacks that Sam Howell has taken. So imagine, imagine if he got that sack problem under control. I think the offense maybe gets to another level. Let's go to Rick in D.C. What's going on, Rick? Hey, all right. Um, well, this is only his first year. And, um, first Rick, year Rick, 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 I'm, 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 I'm going I'm to I'm cut you off from the get-go. Bro, why? I, I, there, why? there is no – don't, don't – why, why are we moving the goalposts? I asked a very specific question. Are Sam okay, Howell Sacks holding the offense back? Uh, no, it's not going to hold it, hold it back. The man is young. I mean, it's uh, – this is first year under um, Eric um, under um, the new offensive coordinator. Just give it some time. I mean, God. I mean, we keep changing quarterbacks. It's been six weeks, right? Rick. Rick, it's been six weeks. 
A quarter okay. of the season is all is already okay, over. Hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What you thought he was going to be? Uh, six and zero? <laughs> Come on. Well, hold on, Rick. If I would have told you back in August that through six weeks we would have a top fifteen scoring offense, you, you'd think we were a hell of a lot better than three and three, wouldn't you? Now, not all of that is on the sacks and the quarterback, but I'm just saying. Okay, but still, I mean, he's young. I mean, just give it some time. He ain't young on I mean, Tuesdays at the pay window, Rick. He ain't young on Tuesdays at the pay window when he's collecting that check, Rick. Right, that's well, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I appreciate the call as always. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. What is your level of concern with the amount of sacks that Sam Howell has taken? And then do you think the sack issue is holding Washington back offensively? I do. When you go back and watch the tape, It's not like there aren't guys open for Sam. He's not playing with great vision right now. And something that I alluded to in an earlier conversation was how much of that has to do with his height? Is he not seeing certain throwing windows? Is that causing him to hold on to the football longer? Because when you go turn on the tape, it's not like it's a play-calling issue where guys aren't getting open. And it's been six weeks, and I haven't really seen him progress progress in that area, so to speak. It feels like it's the exact same. Atlanta coming in to Sunday was one of the worst pass-rushing defenses in football, yet they get off for five sacks against us. Come on now. At some point, we got to get our heads out of our behinds and look at it for what it is. Both two things can be true. Sam Howell could be the quarterback of the future, and he could be holding this offense back right now. So don't act like I'm saying one thing, the other's not true. Let's go to Jimmy in Silver Spring. What's going on, Jimmy? Hey, man. What's up? Real quick, I want to give Eric B. Enemy some credit. Just based on the two stats that you read about the offense, Eric B. Enemy has made his, 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 has made his money and then some more. To answer your question, um, is Sam Howell holding the offense back with all these sacks? The answer to your question is not right now. But he will because if he gets sacked, he's not going to live to 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 pass the sack record. He's going to get hurt, <laughs> and he's going to become gun shy. See, y'all talking crazy, man. You know all this analytics, all this stuff. I've been watching football. I played football. I've been watching football for fifty years. Quarterbacks get hurt. The more hits you take, it changes. A quarterback's mindset, how he plays the game, how he looks at the game. So don't worry about ninety six sacks; he won't make it. Okay, but That's fair. The, the 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 main point the main point is, bro, your fandom not your fandom, but Commanders fandoms. Um, you got there's a reason that guy was picked in the fifth round. And this, yeah, I didn't learn till the day. Hold on, I learned till the day that. He had the same problem at North Carolina. He took sacks. Escape Billy. Yep. Escape Billy comes separate ways. You know, Jalen Hurts, uh, J- uh, uh, Justin Fields, those guys can escape. Tom Brady escaped. St- just took a step left or right or up the middle. Dan Marino couldn't, couldn't, he ran a 5 5, but he escaped <laughs> the pocket. Right, and he got the they, ball out whenever, quick. Whatever it is, Sam Howell doesn't have it. Jimmy, okay? I appreciate the call, my man. That's that's hot. And, and I, I don't want to say he doesn't have it. I just think he doesn't have it right now. Because this is a reoccurring issue each and every week. 
I think the last caller put it perfectly. It hadn't held the offense back yet, but maybe it has. Maybe it has, though. Because on Sunday in Atlanta, there are other opportunities, and this is with any quarterback across the NFL, so it's not just the same thing. I don't, I don't think he's seeing the field particularly well. And that's to be expected with a young signal caller. I get that. But in terms of, like, two things can be true. I think, yes, Sam Howell is holding the offense back. But I also think this is true. I, I still think he's the best option on the roster. I'm not calling to go to Jacoby Brissett. I'm just calling it out for what it is right now. He's not, he's not getting the football out on time. He's not seeing the field particularly well. And I'll be straight up with you. He's taken 34 sacks this year. That's six more than the next guy, Daniel Jones. Dude, realistically speaking, Sam's responsible for at least half of these sacks. And that's the thing that I feel like is getting misconstrued here locally. Like, if you go back and watch and you go up and look up any pass-blocking analytic, any pass-blocking metric, Washington's offensive line is in the top half of the league. And, and via PFF, and I, once again, I understand pro football focus is not gospel. I'm not saying that. I'm not. Washington is ninth in the NFL in pass block ranking via pro football focus. They are 12th in the NFL in pass blocking efficiency via pro football focus. So what does that tell you? Are the sacks on the offensive line? Or are they on Sam Howell? Let's go to Telly. DC, what's going on, Telly? Hell to the Redskins. Big L, man. What's going on, Hey, dog? man. I, I'm cooling, brother. Cooling. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. I, I hate I hate his excuse. He's young and all that. One thing about NFL stands for not for long. <laughs> I didn't hear any excuses when Mahomes was a rookie. He came out and he balled. He was, it was something special about him. Um, over in San Francisco, uh, who, who did they end their quarterback? It was uh, Guap? What was his Garoppolo. name? Uh, yeah, right. Purdy was on that squad, right? I heard. He this was. is the second year. He's balling right now. Yes. What I'm saying, you know, it's just like styles make fights. Yep. So if you, if, if we, and we done seen this play over time and time and time through the whole Gruden years. Gruden had 45 and a half quarterbacks here. It couldn't, <laughs> it couldn't operate in that offense. The only time it really operated was when McVay was here. And then all we did was get a bunch of yards, and the man couldn't even throw a, a fade, fade in the end zone. But even after that, uh, my, my man Turner, he had about 15 quarterbacks yep. couldn't operate in this style of offense. You, you just had a game, man, when we was up. And for some reason, just like Ruin, he'd be fine, like, act like it's kryptonite just to give your man, hand the man off and your, your, your running back the ball. You want them to run the ball more. I want them to run the ball, but it's how you run it. Not on a shotgun, right. but off a of play action. You can run the ball. That goal line touchdown where you had both running backs, that was the best play of the game. Yep. Guess what? They had to respect the running backs. And you came off a of play action, scored a touchdown. You can make it so easy, man. I agree but with you. EB wants to run it like he want to run it. And that's just not that, – that's not, that's not a successful – with this squad, it's not his DNA. Hell to the risk, kids, brother. You be easy. Appreciate it as always, my brother. We'll talk to you soon. Joe is in Mount Clare. What's going on, Joe? John, excuse me, is in Mount Clare. What's going on, John? Yeah, John. Um, I, I agree with the – see, the running game, I think, is the key. But I, 
with with you, you're saying the sacks. It's been a lot of penalties. We've had a lot of holding penalties. It's I agree with. Uh, it's been third and long is killing us. And uh, if they could control the ball better, you know, I'm not necessarily think it needs to be a running game, but they need to they need to pick up yards on first and second down. Correct, and that can and, come uh, with the quick passing game. That can come with the run. I agree with you 100, percent John, on that. You don't have absolutely. to run the ball to to be on schedule. Absolutely. And I, another thing I thought we were lucky on last game is some of the um, passes that the Falcons had, they just barely missed some receivers. They hit those. Yeah. They'd be picking on the secondary today. Yep. You know, he was off. So, But I think I, I, I think Howell shows us a lot of good stuff. When he goes back, he's not really worried about the rush. And, you know, you don't, you don't want your quarterback to go back there and be scared or be looking at the rush. Right. And he's doing a good job with that. So I see a lot of good stuff. But, you know, all we can do is – you know, keep rooting, and hopefully we can uh, get a string going. I, you know, they got some winnable games coming up. Hopefully that is the case, John. Appreciate the call as always. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listed lines. We'll continue to take your calls throughout the show. Coming up next, though, our pal Craig Hoffman set to join the program. We talk a bevy of different things, including the, the conversation we just had. Is Sam Howell in these sacks, is it holding Washington's offense back? Lax we'll Craig Hoffman, that next here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to a Tuesday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham will take you up to 10 o'clock tonight before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. Right now, we'll go out to the BetQL guest hotline. It's where we find our good friend Craig Hoffman, the host of the Craig Hoffman Show, weekdays, 4 to 7 p.m. over on our sister station, the TM980. He is also the co-host of the Take Command pregame show, which you can catch every Sunday on the fan of the Team 980. Craig, what's going on, my man? How are you? I know I forgot some of your 
publications and outlets and yeah, it's all one up. Yeah, do um, a lot of stuff. Does it still count as the hotline if I'm standing right next to you? Well, you kind of just broke the the old proverbial glass door. I mean, people can hear that I'm clearly on a microphone next to me and not over Very, the phone. Well, there it goes. Yeah. So we're not on the. I think I'm still. <laughs> I think I'm still on. I'm still a guest. Yeah, shout out BeckQL. Yeah, shout out to BeckQL. I want to get into Washington and the game on Sunday. Obviously, a big time win for this group. They're back at 500. Would you like in the win? And do you think this is one of those type of wins, Craig, that can carry over in the weeks ahead, considering how big of a game it was going in? Um, I liked the game plan defensively to make Desmond Ritter beat them uh, because, as proven, he uh, was not very good at that. Yeah, He's not super capable as a passer. And uh, to do what they did against the run, make that very difficult for Bijan Robinson, have ultimately success in that area, and then put the game on Desmond Ritter. Like, yeah, they gave up a ton of yards, but you got to make plays in the red zone and and keep third downs. And Desmond Ritter's not, not no. there yet. And but <laughs> frankly, like... I mean, I've said this a couple of times, like I think doing Atlanta radio would be pretty fascinating this week. I don't watch them enough to know if it's fascinating every week, but like yeah. I have Arthur Smith is kind of in a too smart for his own good situation right now with uh, how agree. complex that offense is and how hard it was for Desmond Ritter to operate. So um, I liked that. I liked some of I liked, I mean, the first half offensively, yeah. uh, obviously some big third down conversions. You like that. Um, I think overall they need to find a way to be better on first and second down, and that's kind of concerning. Um, yep. Why are they in so many third and longs, even if they converted them in the uh, in the first half? But it's kind of some of the same situations in the second half, and they just didn't convert, and that's yep. when the offense fell off a cliff. But I do like some of the usage stuff for Terry McLaurin. I'm encouraged by that. Uh, encouraged how hard they play. Like I mean, Robinson's kind of the embodiment of that, mm-hmm. the way he runs through people. So there's a there's there's a non all inclusive list of things I liked. Uh, so, so keeping it on the offensive side of the football, it feels like they're going through what I would call an identity shift in comparison to years past, right? And for whatever reason, fans are, are upset with this group and the lack of rushing attempts uh, over the past month or so. I, I'll be straight up with you, Greg, and you probably know from the numbers, they have just stunk running the football the last month, dating all the way back to Denver, it feels like for me. But right now, you saw those struggles continue on Sunday. Do you think they can win games not running the football the way that they are or running the football at this current clip because right now they're averaging somewhere, I believe it may be below 3.2 yards a carry at this point. Um, Yes, I do because they're not built to run the football, um, which is crazy because that was like the whole thing coming out of last year um, to the point that I was like, are they going to go hire Greg Roman uh, as the offensive coordinator? But they hire Biennemi. And I just think of the, like their off season, like yeah. they didn't practice running the football. No, they did. Basically, we were out there all off season, yeah. and you kept hearing like, "Oh, they do it in the meetings. They do it in some of the walkthrough periods." <laughs> and we had a really good discussion on the Take Command podcast this morning about this. And obviously, Logan Paulson played under Kyle Shanahan uh, in a couple of stops in his career, and like especially in San Francisco. Um, and he compared it to like when he played for Jay and Sean here, and like the way that Kyle schemes up runs. And you look at like the way Miami does it, the way Detroit does it, like these teams that are explosive, but also run first in terms of their identity, like they have extra details in the run game and they don't kind of just run the ball like they run the ball with purpose. And it's not about effort by the players or anything. It's like how how much time have you spent thinking about how this is schemed up and the way you have schemed up your pass game and their running game is pretty basic. Like now to their credit. 
most of the NFL's run uh, run games are pretty basic. Yeah. Like they line up in the formation, they run Zorro or Wanda or you know whatever their <laughs> the runs are. Calls, yeah. yeah, they're they're weak side zone, they're strong side zone, um, they're inside zone, they're outside zone, they're duos, they're powers. Like they have they have all those plays. It's just like it's a diverse running game. It's just yeah, not it's just like complicated. Which one of those have you spent a little extra time on yeah. to be like? Oh, if we have this receiver crack the middle linebacker, then we can take this double team up to the safety and it can also hold a little bit longer. And now we've generated a big play in the run game with more regularity. Like those details are not there in this run game. And so long story short, like I asked Logan on the show today, I was like, okay, if we identify being better on first and second down is a key problem for this offense. So they stay out of these obvious passing situation where Sam is taking all the sacks. How do they do it? And we kind of chuckled and went, for all the calls for running the ball, it's probably to pass it more, which yeah, feels very yes, silly. I agree, though. But, like, can you hit some of those stick routes, those stop routes, right. those easy screens, things that get you five yards? And that's replace, the more important thing. Yeah, and replace the running game. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important thing right now for this offense, staying on schedule. Sam Howell and his sacks are, are a big reason to me why they haven't been able to stay on the schedule. I'll ask you that before we get out of here as well. I want to go to the defense, though. I thought Jack was much more aggressive in terms of sending pressure Sunday. When you look at the upcoming schedule for Washington, do you think that approach will remain the same? And then when they are sending pressure, from what you're seeing, how much success are they having when they do I think they had a lot of success with their pressures on Sunday. Um, I mean, the interceptions almost all come against pressure. Um, I guess Jamin's – I don't know if Jamin's came against pressure. It was a big blitz – they I mean, blitz. yeah, I don't they, know if they got home. But, well, that's the thing. It's yeah. like Ritter Kaim had some great stuff on his podcast statistically, like diving into True Media and ESPN's numbers that he has access to. Of like Ritter was one of like the three fastest quarterbacks getting the ball out of his hands. There's one play where James Smith Williams gets to the quarterback in like 1.6 seconds and he doesn't get a sack because the ball's out. And you're like, oh, it's tough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. And then you look at some of the plays where he gets it out quickly, and it's not actually a good thing for Desmond Ritter. Like right. he's freaking out throwing the football up in the air and Benjamin St. Juice gets a pick, right? Yeah. Like so there's things like that that are happening that I think are good that you know even if the sack numbers aren't there, they're generating pressure and the idea that like hey, if you don't get the ball out of your hands quickly as a quarterback against us, bad things are going to happen to you. Chase Young leads the NFL in pressures over the last couple of weeks. Like or uh in pass rush wins, I should say over the yeah. last couple of weeks. Like you have some guys that are starting to cook. John looked way better. So, and and also, I do think they were smarter with how they used some different fronts. They used some different. I mean, they had three down at one point. Yeah. They moved that Cinco package around a little bit. Some of it was more a bare front. Some of it was more kind of the way they have run Cinco in the past. Um, some of it looks a little bit more like a traditional three four at times. Like they're doing some different stuff up front that I think is causing teams problems. And I think what's interesting about the next couple of weeks is this game plan of make the opposing quarterback beat you will work against the Giants. Uh, it should work against the Giants mm-hmm. unless Daniel Jones is, you know, hey, I'm facing Washington, Daniel <laughs> Jones. Let's he, do what I do, right? It's yeah. like, oh, wait, if he played us every week, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Cool. That's a real neat trick. Um, so you've got him and you've got Mac Jones in a couple weeks. Like, and even to an extent, Jalen. Like, can you make Jalen beat you from the pocket? Right. Um, but they've also got to clean up some of the back end stuff, which, you know, I'm sure we can get to if you want to, of like, yeah, can it's cool that Benjamin St. Just is in the picture all the time, but can he stop getting catches made on his head? Yeah. Um, so they got to clean up some of the explosive stuff too. And that's that's been an issue, it felt like, with Benjamin St. Just, even coming out of college, just need better ball skills from him. Sticky in coverage, just 
got to be more aware and more heady when, when going after the football. We're joined right now by our pal Craig Hoffman, uh, the host of the Craig Hoffman Show, weekdays 4 to 7 p.m. over on our sister station, the Team 980. He is also the co-host of the Take Command podcast and pregame, pre-game show, which you can catch each and every Sunday uh, here on The Fan. I want to go back to the offensive side of the football and dive into Sam Howell for a little bit. Obviously, Craig, each and every week it feels like I get more and more confident about what I'm seeing from Sam Howell, and I'm more and more confident about what he can eventually become. But I still go back to the sacks, Craig, and I think it's a major concern. You took five more on Sunday. Three of them he walks into directly by himself, it feels like. I I continue to be impressed overall with how the offensive line is playing, considering the amount of passing plays that are being called. They grade favorably in PFF in those categories, ninth in pass block win rate, or excuse me, ninth in pass block rate, 12th in pass blocking efficiency. They can't survive, though, with him taking these amount of sacks. They've stunk on third down this year, and I think in part because he's taking bad sacks on first and second. Why is he taking so many sacks, and do you think, from a play-calling standpoint, they're giving him easy outlets? So That was loaded, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. loaded, but you hit on the right, the right points. Um, he is vacating empty pockets at times. So, like, your first point of, like, I think the offensive line is playing well. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think that the line has generally given him good pockets to throw from, an adequate amount of time by NFL standards, and Sam has at times gone from like I am safely standing here to I am trying to run and he's also like scarred in a good way from that sack fumble against Arizona where he like is not running out of the back of the pocket um, he doesn't want because yeah. he doesn't want to have bad stuff like that happening again. Yeah. and overall that's good but he hasn't found a new way to do it so like in college he was able to run out of the pocket sometimes and you know get out forward yeah. and in the NFL like the guys are too quick They'll, and he's short grab to it. His vision's not there yeah, for Yeah, and there's times like you see what he's trying to do and yeah. just that hole closes so quickly. But like if you're trying to get the quarterback and I'm the offensive lineman and the quarterback is behind me, it doesn't help me, the offensive lineman, if the quarterback is now in front of me. I can't block right, for that. Exactly. I can't and so, back, and yeah. so like how does he move in the pocket or find safer exits to get out? Uh, but mostly like how do you move in the pockets to continue to stay safe and try to find stuff downfield? So that's part one. Um, agree with the O-line assessment. Part two. Actually, I'm going to skip to part three, which is the play calling. And then I'll circle back to Sam. On a lot of these, there are guys open. Right. Um, okay. There is a play, like two of the plays that, that come to mind from this past game. Like he's got Terry open on a on a shallow cross. And like, is it a guaranteed first down? No. But it's but better like, than a sack in the next Right. Play. It's better than a sack. And like, I don't know, Terry McLaurin on the move. Like Never he know. might He might make a play. Give a guy a chance. And, and right. Yeah, exactly. Give a guy a chance. And so like just... Hit the hit the guy. Don't wait for the deeper thing down the field. But there's also times where like they had like a third and nine, I think, and later in the game, and they have a great concept called. Uh, they get it against the coverage they want, and Jahan's on a dig, and you're he looks like he's staring. Like you watch the helmet stripe on the all twenty two, mm-hmm. and like so. For those that don't know, like one of the ways you can watch where a quarterback is looking when you watch the end zone angle of the all twenty two, especially for Washington, is they have a helmet stripe. Like. Whereas as as Sam's head turns, the stripe is almost like an arrow into where his eyes are. And it looks like he's looking right at it. And you're like, dude, throw the dig. It's right there. It's wide open. You're staring right at it. Why don't you throw it? Now, I've been doing this long enough to say I had the same frustrations often with Kirk Cousins back in the day. Where you're like, it's there. That's what you want. Throw it. Yeah. And it just happens in the NFL sometimes. But I think the more experience he gets, the more he'll just throw the bleep and dig. Yeah. Um, but... With that said, that circles back to point two, which is the play calling. I know this is a long answer, but I'll try to bring it together quickly. Right? If it keeps if it keeps happening, 
right? If if this stuff downfield is available and you're EB and you're going, oh my God, if he would just throw it, like my play calls are perfect. At some point, if you get the same result, you have to go back to yourself as a play caller and go, we got to try something else. Like clearly he doesn't see this stuff well enough or he can't throw it the anticipation we need or he doesn't trust it. We got to give him some different options. Does, how, how much of this has to do with him being six one, six foot? Um, not zero, but I don't know if it's like, again, if you're looking straight at it and it seems like you got a window, it's hard for me to be like, oh, he can't see over the O-line. For, like the comparison, like last night with Justin Herbert on Monday Night Football, you see some of the pockets that he's able to stay in and throw from because of his size. For sure. And the arm being able to get over the top. Does it have to do with Sam's, re- like, is he seeing it and he's just like, ah, I can't, I'm going to get hit. Well, sometimes he might hit. not see a window. It's like, you know, you can't throw through an O-lineman. Correct. Right. Or through a D-lineman. He's had some balls tipped this year. Like, you know, do you not only have the anticipation to see where the window is, but do you physically, like, see, yeah. I see a way for this ball to get to the receiver. Yeah. And I do wonder, it's a valid question. You'd have to ask Sam. Um, he's probably not going to be like, yep, I'm too short. Yeah, But yeah. you'd have to, you'd have to like sit down and watch film with him and be like, did you see this window? And he might be like, see that guy right there? Like, I didn't see, I don't think there's a place for me to get the ball. And if so, like that's a problem because some of these throws are like wide open by NFL standards. And they're missing chunk plays as a result of this, you feel like? Yes. But like, again, Kirk missed a lot of the same stuff yeah. when he was a younger player. And um, but you know, Kirk's was interesting because I know the years before I got here, so I got here in 15, his first year starting, like 2013, 2014, when he got in, he was throwing every chunk play available. And Sean and, uh, was just like, picks, dude, picks, picks. That was the part yeah, of the turnover problem. Right. It was like, dude, relax. Yeah. Like sometimes you got to take the easy one. Don't force it. And so Kirk kind of overcorrected. And I think it's over time found a better and better balance, you know, ultimately now in Minnesota, um, but I'm sure if I watched Kirk's tape every week, he'd still miss some. You know, I've I have watched Mahomes and Brady and these guys when I would watch defensive tape when Washington has played them over the years. Like every quarterback misses this stuff. Yeah. But it's it's extra hard when it's third and nine. You call a twelve yard concept. Yeah. Your number one option is the thing that busts wide open and your guy's staring right at it and you're going, What on earth made yeah. you not throw that one? I it's playing quarterbacks way harder than sitting here in front of these microphones. Right, of course. But I would truly love to know, like, what is it that you be, yeah. didn't see in that particular situation? It's going to be fascinating to watch his development throughout the rest of the season. I think sooner or later we're going to get upon get to that point in the season where we're wondering, like, okay, has he done enough to be the guy next year? Because eventually you're going to get into that point and right. you're going to win and lose games down the stretch and they'll have some big-picture questions to answer. Uh, I'm going to go back to the defense here for a second. I thought the secondary was better on Sunday, still gave up. Uh, some explosives, and it felt like Atlanta failed to capitalize on some of Washington's mistakes. What do you think is at the root of Washington's issues defending the pass right now? Youth is definitely part of it. Um, They got young guys in a bunch of places. Um, I don't want to say lack of talent because they're guys that are definitely talented, but, like, they do have, like, I mean, Percy Butler, for instance, all the physical tools in the world, but then why was a fourth-round pick? Right. Right. Like there is something there in terms of just consistency, football IQ, experience, what size, like whatever it is that made that guy who runs a four three as physical, seems to have a great mentality and seems like he's a pretty smart kid when you talk to him. Football's important to him. Like he's still a fourth rounder. Why? I don't know, but like clearly there's a reason. Um yeah. You know, so I, I think that there's some of that too, where don't let familiarity with players that we have make us overrate them. 
Um, I think that, yeah, we can be guilty of that a lot. And like, I am. Same thing with St. Juice, right? Yeah. Like, Benjamin St. Juice is really good. He's really tall. He's long. He's wicked smart. Um, he's physical. But he was a third-round pick for a reason. Like, there's a lack of production there in terms of he had never had a career interception, college or pro, before Sunday. Yeah. That tells you something about his ball skills, about all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think that's part of it. And then, like, you know, some of the explosive plays or even, like, the touchdown – Danny Johnson and BSJ kind of run into each other on the first touchdown mm-hmm. of t- Kyle Pitts. I think part of that is they haven't played a lot of reps together. Yeah, you you know, Bijan gets uh, the play on Kalik Hudson where there's a rub route and two guys run into each other. Like, mm-hmm. how many reps does Kalik have with anyone um, that going into this game all of a sudden he's playing? So I think I think there's point, a I, I think there's like youth mixed with guys haven't played together mixed with all that stuff. Um, that has led to some of the explosives, but they got to figure it out, man. Because like yeah. every team has a dude outside of basically the Giants. <laughs> yeah, um, that's t- <laughs> but like that's why this the Eagles, the Eagles. I mean, they just signed Julio too. Yeah. Um, but they got AJ Brown, who's already killed you. Drake London kills you. Like how many more number one wide receivers? Given up a hundred yard receiver every week since week one. It's crazy. That's a uh, yeah abysmal stat. Um, yeah. the one example I thought was good where the communication was uh, on point in this game. When Cam Curl gets the stop on the fourth down play, great. That's I don't know who it is. Those two passing it off, but I think that's a really good example of our interview was just hijacked by Doc. Doc, you want to say hi to overtime on the fan? Greg, I just hope you're getting paid for this because when I do it, <laughs> I get paid. You know, if this was anybody no, else that walked in there in the middle know. of this, I would, I would be upset. But I just it's you. To let you know. So I'm right, making it into good You do good at what you do to be doing this for nothing. He does wow. come on my show every no, week. No, but pregame. It's a trade-off. Was off the chain. That's that's well, wow. You, you know what, Craig? Man. I appreciate you joining. We're actually going to end on that. Get okay, paid. I was about okay, wrapped up anyway, paid. and this is entertaining. I got okay. paid. I just want you to know. Do they pay we'll be right wings. back here those, on the fan. Look, those smell delicious. Yeah, they do. Let me get some pizza. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thank you to our pal Craig Hoffman joining us in the last segment. If you missed any of that, you are in luck. Make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature uh, and go back to the 815 segment for my conversation with Craig Hoffman. Plenty of good nuggets in that one uh, about the Washington Commanders. About an hour and a half left to go in tonight's program. Still plenty to get to. Top of the 9 o'clock hour. We'll hear from our pal Mo Dakhill of The Athletic. Uh, we'll take a trip around the NBA as we... Get ready to wrap up the preseason slate. The Wizards open up their regular season coming up uh, on October the 28th. They will be on the road uh, against the Indiana Pacers. And I'm trying to frantically pull the schedule up to make sure that I'm not talking out of my Wahoo when I say that. They're, it's October the 25th. So next week, the Wizards have their season opener. They're on the road uh, going up against the Indiana Pacers. We'll ask. Mo Dakhill, what he thinks about the Washington Wizards moving forward. That's coming up top of the 9 o'clock hour. Right now, though, I want to take a big-picture spin and big-picture look around the National Football League. A crazy week six. Upsets galore. 
and a bunch of crazy different storylines. We'll figure out what's real and what's fake uh, coming up right now in Factor Fiction. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! NFL Fact or Fiction. All right. Let's get to what was real and what was fake in this week six of the National Football League season. Because it was a crazy one. Two undefeated teams go down. C.J. Stroud playing good football. What's real or fake? All right, Linnell. So, Brock Purdy and the 49ers lost to the Browns by two points off a missed field goal. Do you think Brock Purdy was exposed Sunday? Fact or fiction? Yeah, I'm going to say that was a fact. Brock Purdy, to me, definitely was exposed on Sunday. And not only was Brock Purdy exposed, I think the crazy national media members that were driving this narrative about Brock Purdy being a top 10 quarterback, about Brock Purdy being an MVP candidate, those people were exposed as well. As soon as Brock Purdy had to play a game without his superhero teammates, he looks like a completely different quarterback. All of a sudden, the 49ers offense could not get right on Sunday. They have injuries in the game to Christian McCaffrey. Trent Williams gets hurt. Uh, Debo Samuel gets hurt as well. Offensive, look at these numbers. 215 yards of total offense. 3.8 yards per play. It was abysmal on the offensive side of the football. And then look at this. 12 penalties for 105 yards. Is that a Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy-led team? People are going to say, oh, let's give the Browns their, their, their flowers for being a good defense. That's the point, ladies and gentlemen. When he has to go up against an elite defense without his weapons, when he's asked to do the things that elite quarterbacks do, he can't. Point blank period. That's how I feel about Brock Purdy. To me, he is still very obviously the biggest question mark moving forward for the San Francisco 49ers. People are running around acting like he's an elite quarterback. I say it all the time. He's the most insulated quarterback in the National Football League. He's still... To this point in his career, up until yesterday, which is crazy to me, up until yesterday, or up until Monday, excuse me, or Sunday, (laughs) Brock Purdy hadn't faced the second-half deficit in his career to this point. The 49ers haven't trailed once in the second half during the first five weeks of the season. They haven't trailed once. The first moment, the first opportunity that Brock Purdy got to show that he's an elite quarterback, he completely crumbled uh, on Sunday. I was totally disappointed by what I saw from Brock. But let's just be honest for what it is. He's a pumpkin. He's a zero. I don't think he is amongst the elite quarterbacks in the National Football League. It is disrespectful to guys like Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and his own damn teammate, Christian McCaffrey, to call him an MVP candidate. That. Uh, it's ludicrous. Brock Purdy, 100% fact that he was exposed on Sunday. I had some stuff to get off my chest with that one, Chris. All right, Lennell. So the Eagles suffered their first loss of the season to the Jets. The Aaron Rodgers Jets, might, yeah. might I add. Uh, <laughs> now, do you think this is just like a minor hiccup by the Eagles and that they will get back on track? Fact or fiction? I'm going to say it's fiction. I don't think... I don't think the Philadelphia's hiccup on Sunday is some nothing burger. I I hate to say this, and I'm going to go back to it. I hate that I'm right 
But all summer, if you listened to me, all summer, if you listened to me, you knew I was on my soapbox about the regression of Jalen Hurts. And quite frankly, that's what it's been through the first six weeks of the season. Jalen Hurts is, call it what you want, a $200-plus million leader. Not an elite quarterback, a leader. The things that make Jalen almost kind of worth that money is the things he could do with his legs. In terms of throwing the football, though, this year, hadn't been very good. He's got the second most interceptions in the National Football League. He's 20th in the NFL in terms of QBR. Let's call it what it is. Jalen Hurts has very much been a jag, just a guy during the first six weeks of the season. I think it's fiction. The Eagles aren't going to get on track. The next eight weeks for Philadelphia, quite literally, is the most difficult schedule in the National Football League. They're home for Miami on Sunday night. Then they're at Washington, home for Dallas, at Kansas City, home for Buffalo, home for the Niners, then at the Niners, at Seattle. We're going to find out exactly who the Eagles are coming up here in the next two months. I think it's fiction, though, in terms of it being no big deal. It's a huge, huge deal for Philly. All right, Linnell. So, C.J. Stroud and the 3-3 three and three Texans, who won this weekend, Yeah, are they a real threat in the AFC South? Fact or fiction? I think it is a fact that they are a real threat in the AFC South, and here's why. Right now, they are at 3-3. Three and three. They're in second place in the AFC South behind the Jaguars, who are 4-2. and two. In the next month, they will take on the Jaguars. They already are one up in the win column over Jacksonville with their 37-17 win earlier in the year. And then when I look at the schedule coming up for Houston, at Carolina should be a dub. I think they're good enough to beat the Bucs, but it'll be a tough one. Hard game against Cincy, but then you got Arizona, which you should beat. Jacksonville, which you're at home and you beat them earlier already at their place, you should win. Home for the Broncos, you should win that. At the Titans, you should win that. I like what C.J. Stroud and company are doing. I think the Texans are the perfect example of how much coaching actually matters. The roster isn't that damn good, but D'Amico Ryans is getting this team and getting the most out of every member of that roster. They're playing for him, and they take after the character of their head coach. He just finished playing not too long ago, so he gets it and knows how to relate to these guys. I think it's a fact uh, that the Texans are a real threat. All right, so the the Las Vegas Raider, Raiders defeated the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the Patriots right now are the worst team in the NFL? Fact oh, or fiction? Oh, it's 100% fact. I don't even think it's close. The Patriots stink, ladies and gentlemen. When you look at every major statistical category on offense and on defense, they are near the bottom in all of them. This is not a good football team right now. And we've talked about this on on a couple of different occasions. I think we're much closer to seeing Bill Belichick get fired than we ever have been. I mean, seriously. The thing about this is Belichick gets the blame because some of you out there are like, oh, you're blaming Belichick. Belichick picked all these players. When you prepare, and I'm going to give credit for, for this line. Dan Orlovsky had a perfect line to describe what's going on with the Patriots. When you prepare for them as a defense and you get a scouting report, There is nobody that you circle and go, you know what? Got a game plan for them. 
The Patriots' weaponry on offense is disgusting, trifling, embarrassing, whatever you want to call it. And it stinks because Mac Jones probably isn't the guy and probably isn't a franchise quarterback in this league. But it's not like I know for sure because what's around him stinks. I think it's fact. The Patriots, not only are they the worst team in football, I think before we know it, they're going to be the leader in the clubhouse in terms of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. That is fact or fiction uh, here on The Fan. That'll wrap up our NFL conversation for the night. Final hour of power in the show. Oh, I lied because I'm a liar. One more NFL segment before we get to our pal Mo Dakhill of the Athletic Top of the 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk some NBA. Let me get back, though. I don't even know, Chris, how you let me even get out of here without saying it. The most highly anticipated power ranking segment in all of sports radio comes up next. It's Nell's Super Six Pack, fresh off of a dynamic weekend in the National Football League. little tease for you. A new number one top Nell's Super Six Pack. I'll have it all for you next year on The Fan. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham will take you up to 10 o'clock tonight. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, our pal Mo Dakhill set to join the program. We'll switch gears a little bit here in the 9 o'clock hour of the show. We'll talk all things round ball with our pal Mo Dakhill, uh, one of the co-hosts of the Athletics NBA podcast. So definitely make sure you're tapped in and uh, keeping it locked on the fan coming up in about 10 minutes when Mo Dakhill is set to join the program. I'm just saying, though, before we get into this conversation with Mo Dakhill, the Wizards are getting brutally disrespected by the national media right now. And Zach Lowe of ESPN, I'm talking to you, my friend. He put out his league pass rankings, teams 1 through 30, uh, that he's going to be interested in watching on league pass, and the Wizards uh, came in at number 30. Nonetheless, though, we'll get to the NBA stuff here soon. Right now, though, time for the most highly anticipated power ranking segment in all of sports radio. None other than Nell's Super Six Pack. Nell's Super Six Pack. Three, three, two, two, y'all. One. Let's get to it. Big voice guy, appreciate you as always. Making their debut in Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League, none other than the prince who was promised, Trevor Lawrence in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And look, it's not even because of their offense, which we know has the potential to be amongst the most dynamic offenses in all of the National Football League. What Jacksonville is doing defensively is what's caught my eye here in the first six weeks. Jags are third in the NFL against the run. They forced an NFL high 15 turnovers throughout the first six weeks. That is a recipe for success, and that is what I like to call winning football. The other thing that I love about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Travis Etienne, ladies and gentlemen, getting it done on the ground. He's been a legit threat out of the backfield. It just feels like this Jags football team which kind of got off to a slow start to the season. Feels like they're ready to turn a corner as the rest of the season plays out. Don't be surprised if the sneaky Jaguars slowly start climbing up in Nell's Super Six Pack. They make their season debut at number six. Number five in Nell's Super Six Pack. My top six teams in the NFL. Pains me to say this. I can't stand the 49ers, but I couldn't drop them out of my Super Six Pack. 
after losing their first game on Sunday against P.J. Walker in the Browns. Offensively, I said it in fact or fiction. I think Purdy got exposed on Sunday. But defensively, make no mistake about it, this is still, by and large, the most dominant group in football. Third in points allowed. Fourth in defensive efficiency. Third in yards allowed per game. They're amongst the elites in the National Football League on that side of the football. Obviously, after Cleveland's performance on Sunday, I think they're the clear-cut best team. But San Francisco, as long as they have the health on the defensive side of the football, and as long as they're able to get somebody back offensively, should be in a good spot. Number four in Nell's Super Six back. My top six teams across the National Football League. The other undefeated team that went down this weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'll be honest, they come in at number four, but I'm starting to gain some concern about this group. I said it earlier, I hate that I'm right. No, I don't. About the regression of Jalen Hurts. <laughs> it's happening, though. Second most interceptions in football. 20th in the NFL in QBR. He's just not playing good football right now. And if you watch the game Sunday against the Jets, the interception he threw, the final of the three, the ugliest interception that probably Jalen Hurts has thrown in his young NFL career. Just not a good decision. He hasn't been a good decision maker for the better part of this season, man. I'm worried about the Eagles moving forward. Number three in L Super Six Pack. My top six teams in the National Football League. Final three, ladies and gentlemen. This is where it gets spicy. The Detroit Lions come in at number three. Their five and one start, the best since 2011. They've won four consecutive games by double digits for the first time since 1991. And their offense is averaging the fourth most points in the NFL. Their defense is allowing the seventh fewest yards per game. And they've got the fourth best third down defense in the National Football League. The thing I love about the Lions, too, certain teams around the National Football League make excuses when guys get hurt. The Lions on Sunday without their number one running back in David Montgomery. Did the damn thing. Missing multiple starters in the secondary on defense, yet it didn't stop them against a very good Baker Mayfield-led Tampa Bay Bucks team. I love the Lions. I think right now, after Sunday, there's an argument they're the best team in the NFC. Number two in those Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League, the Buffalo Bills. Love what I'm seeing from Josh Allen and company. They had a little bit of a scare on Sunday Night Football against the Giants, but I don't think that's who they are. They're seventh in the NFL in passing yards allowed per game. The run defense, a little bit of an issue, but they're 12th in terms of total yards allowed per game. And then Josh Allen. Josh Allen, to me, and his consistency this year is why I'm so high on Buffalo. He has been the best red zone quarterback in the National Football League this year. Number one in red zone QB rating. Number one in red zone touchdowns thrown. He is a menace. Offensively, the Bills, still a problem. Third in the National Football League in points per game allowed. The injury concerns worry me a little bit. I don't know how much Josh Norman is supposed to help this defense, but they signed him after losing Tredavious White uh, to a torn Achilles. They come in at number two. Number one, pretty obvious at this point. All of a sudden, the Kansas City Chiefs tied for the best record in the National Football League. All of a sudden, after all the question marks we had about this group, through six games, they're right at the thick of things. And to me, the clear-cut best team in the NFL. Offensively, I told you they're a work in progress. They're starting to figure it out, though. On defense, woo, second in the NFL in points allowed per game, sixth in the NFL in yards allowed per game, and they're fifth in overall total defensive efficiency. I love, 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 love what Kansas City's doing. At some point, 
Patty Mahomes in the offense will get it going. That is Nell's Super Six Pack. My top six teams in the NFL. Number six, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number five, the San Francisco 49ers. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number three, the Detroit Lions. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. And numero uno, the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, it is the final hour of power here on this Tuesday night edition of Overtime. Mo Dakhill, co-host of the Athletics NBA podcast, joins us next. We'll talk all things hoops next here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 